Hello and welcome to the Wellness Trinity Podcast, where we interview top holistic experts and bring you natural solutions for modern day wellness. Let's get started with your host, Dr. Jacqueline. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity Podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline from thewellnesstrinity.com, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Today, we are going to discuss the new normal, how to turn crises into calm strength. We're continuing our mental wellness series, which I have really been enjoying that digging deep through this because I know during this pandemic season, it's been something that has really thrown a monkey wrench in our mental wellness. And so I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with Yolanda Lewis today. She's a mental health coach. And just before we get started, a little disclaimer. What we discuss in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode was brought to you by Cellcore Biosciences. Creating supplements that work is what they do and restoring hope and health is who they are. This protocol was an absolute game changer for myself and my clients too. And now I get to train practitioners to use it in their practice and ebb and flow with it accordingly. So if you want to learn more about the protocol, please visit CellCoreBiosciences.com. If you are a practitioner, you can sign up for a wholesale account. And the general public, please visit TheWellnessTrinity.com slash CellCoreDetox and I can show you the ropes of how we can ebb and flow with this for yourself and your family. I know Yolanda Lewis from LinkedIn, actually. I, I met her and we, we just clicked instantly. So it's exciting that we share similar passions with brain and mental health. And she is a mental health speaker and a best-selling nine-time author. And she's electric. She's a, she has raw energy. She's a speaker. And she has pre- fresh perspective of emotional intelligence and diversity and inclusion. She shares how she went from suffering mental health challenges to being a thought leader that travels worldwide telling her story to transform mind chaos into mental strengthening. As a lifelong learner, Yolanda is a counseling doctoral candidate, certified family trauma specialist, cognitive behavioral mental coach, health coach, and nutrition consultant who also holds an MBA with a focus on organizational behavior. She is a former top corporate client relationship consultant. Before becoming an inspiring speaker and entrepreneur, Yolanda successfully led national change management efforts for high profile government bureaus and cutting edge technology groups. If you need to learn more about her, um, we'll have a link in the show notes, but you can also visit her at um, letsgetemotional.com slash booking. Yolanda, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. I'm so glad to be here and glad you are having me here. Yeah, so we really just hit it off. I mean, you know, sometimes people are just kindred spirits and when you meet them, you just, you just know you, you really, you enjoy their presence and you're on the same wavelength and I feel like you are one of those people for me. Definitely. And likewise, I remember speaking to you for the first time and I just, I had to, so when I get excited, when I talk, I also use my hands, but I pace the floor. So today I won't pace because we're on, 
but I do get excited and I pace the floor and I felt all of that just from the first call. So it made me um, thankful that there were people that you don't have to know a lifetime to connect with. You can actually meet someone, hit it off, and then do great things like this podcast in the future. So I love it. I'm happy to be here, happy to have met you, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Yeah. So Yolanda, is there anything else on your story that you wanted to expand on? I love that you said that because as you were talking, I was like, wow, yeah, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's interesting how reading a bio and we hear our own story, how it's almost like a self-reflection that is, is sometimes almost even needed. It's like, wow, I actually spent a lot of my life. And it's good to know that because it's, it, you know, we can be in the midst of a trial today that we need to remember a victory from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that I, that I wanted to highlight when you were reading my bio was the fact that it's so easy to, um, well, it was so easy for me, I'll say it like that. It was so easy for me to hide my emotional state or even mental state of mind in corporate America because so much of corporate America, um, when I was in it anyways, doesn't deal with emotion. Business is not run off of emotion. Business is run off of facts and numbers, and it is what it is. And so when you have struggles and challenges from um, mental health issues, and, and I'll get into my story in just a bit, but when you have that, I wanted to just say out loud that I can relate to the person who um, may be in their corporate job or even just a job setting period and find themselves kind of um, protected uh, or safe even with not dealing with their emotions because of the environment that they're in. I do encourage you, of course, that once you realize that, that's kind of where you're hiding, you take the necessary steps to get the help that you need so that you can um, be clear in your relationships, be clear in how you manage yourself, uh, your emotional brain, and be clear in how you communicate that with and to others. So I wanted to just mention that a little bit of my background, just so you know, too, and the audience is aware. Um, I come from uh, child molest. Uh, I was molested as a child, sexually abused from age four to about 11. Mm -hmm. And so that does things to how you interpret relationship. It does things to how you interpret um, or even engaging with people like calls like we had. It took me a long time to get to the place where I was okay with just meeting people I didn't know and letting you in a certain space of my brain and my heart. Uh, my brain wanted to reject it. Uh, the idea of even having people that you don't know in. Now, in the corporate setting, that's easy because it's called networking, right? And you have a, a dual goal of let's get this project done or let's serve this client together. So you never have to really be in relationship. But when I stepped out of corporate America, all of that was challenged. And so while I had healed from the, the uh, initial trauma, I found that there were layers that I still needed to explore even as I was um, entering into this new space in my life of entrepreneurship, because it was, it was allowing me or forcing me rather to tap into areas that I had not touched and didn't need to touch because it didn't impact my life. Mm -hmm. So that's important also to know. I want people to, yeah, there's a whole long list of letters behind my name and there's a whole long list of accolades and accomplishments that I've had. But none of it was easy and none of it came from a space that was without um, need for my own transformation. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like entrepreneurship, it does that. It pulls something out of us that if, if we're going to try to be successful at it, at least, it's one thing to kind of have it as a hobby, um, something that we kind of enjoy to do here and there. But if you, someone's really trying to make it a living, I, I mean, it's no joke to start a business. I, I mean, I've been doing that for the last, uh, I don't know, decade or so. And it, it took a lot. I mean, I sold my car, I got rid of everything. I, you know, lived in uh, situations where I, I would have never imagined. And I've traveled the world. I mean, I did all these random things. I got myself in debt. I mean, you want to talk about mental wellness. <laughs> Seriously. There's a lot that goes on when you're in those situations. Yeah, in entrepreneurship alone. So I love, I love that you shared that, and everybody has a story. And, and you said one more thing before we get back on topic that I want to touch on, and that was with regard to success in entrepreneurship. I believe very strongly that success in entrepreneurship comes from authenticity. So I'm able to do the things that I do and reach the levels of success that I have because you have to show up being you. You have to show up being you. That's what people connect with. The story, the, the energy, the vibe, that's what they are connecting to and buying into because people buy from people. All right, now I'm off my entrepreneurial soapbox. <laughs> no, you know what? I love that you talk about this. Um, I know we're going to talk about the emotional brain. We're going to get right into that, but I, I'm glad that we can take a moment and talk about entrepreneurship too because it, it has a, a obviously a soft spot in my heart for for obvious reasons, because I'm a, a business owner as well, and have gone through the trenches with that. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, like I said, it, it brings up its own mental wellness challenges, but it, it also it opens this door for a whole can of worms of growth. So the other thing you mentioned too was about um, being you and being authentic. So I was working with a branding coach in the last year, and his program was called Brand You. And it really is like from the beginning of his program, it was all about trying to figure out who are you? I mean, I can't remember, I, can, I remember listening to his, his slides over and over and it was all about who are you? And I remember I was going through that period of time in my life when I was 24 years old, traveling around the world, trying to figure out myself and my purpose. And it really was finding my identity and who I was. And you, even, even if we find that, even if we do, go on a search for that, we could still get caught up in oh, what does everyone think, you know, and then put on this mask and really inside we're feeling a different way and we, we are a different person. And so I agree. It's so important to be our authentic self, whether someone owns a business or not, we can't be free. We can't be free of uh, this burden we put on ourselves mentally if we're not ourselves. Right. That's right. And that impacts, you know, I think that's a great segue into some of the emotional brain talk because that impacts our body response to those thoughts our body response to you having to block yourself or shut down a piece of yourself to fit somewhere else to get a client or to um, have a person like you or to be in a relationship a romantic relationship or a friendship even that our body responds to that from an emotional place which comes from our brain so I, I love that you said that. You also mentioned, um, it was another point that you mentioned that I wanted to say, and, and maybe it will come back to me, but, um, oh yes, that is, you change. So even as you're finding yourself and you find your brand new moment, brand new you moment, <laughs> then more life happens and you, and you might change and that's okay too. And I'm glad we're, I'm so glad you said that you're glad too, because I'm glad that we're, <laughs> 
talking about this because all of it ties into that emotional brain. So I don't think we're off topic at all. Now, now that I think about it, I think we're spot on and in the, in the vein of life application. I think it's important. People don't just hear the fancy replies and all of the scientific evidence. That's essential. But sometimes you just need just basic life application. Like, oh, when they say this, that's what that means. Or, oh, I was feeling that exact same way about myself. I thought I was wrong for feeling like I wanted to change, for feeling like I wanted to break out and break free of, I don't even know what, but I felt like I needed to go on that. You know, that's okay. That's a part of life. And I think that if we spend and waste time waiting for happiness and waiting for that moment of now I can what fill in the blank, dot, 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 right? Now I can be healthy. Now that this is in order, now I can do this. When we break away from that and just enjoy the moment and see that happiness is now and that peace is now and that calm is now, we don't have to search for it outside of ourselves. We can center ourselves into it and almost trick our brain to believe that we are there and then that is like mind control, if you will, for you to actually be there. You're almost forcing your brain. Yeah. To... Mm-hmm. So I love to talk about brain training and I had Dr. Patrick Porter on talking about his brain tap and that was fabulous. Um, can you d- expand on what the emotional brain is and what does it do? Yes, yes. So with the emotional brain, the emotional brain was a, a there's a couple of brains, right? There's three, um, the gut brain, the emotional brain, and the mind brain, if you will. Uh, there are also uh, sometimes people use transparent, um, uh, transpose the emotional brain and the heart brain. They do work kind of together. So there could be four brains, but there are multiple brains. With regard to the emotional brain, it's a, tor- it's a term coined by uh, Paul McLean back in 1952. And basically, it's a set of uh, limbic system structures that um, that deal with the emotions and memory, and it controls what uh, gets you going or what stimulates it. And then it also controls and is, or I should say has influence over reinforcing whatever behavior follows, meaning the experience you have after. So a lot of times what happens is people are told that um, negative emotion is, is bad and should be like shooed away. And I completely disagree because shooing away Um, any emotion really only causes stress to the brain. And in turn, it induces headaches. It induces insomnia, um, intestinal issues, um, along with other mental health, you know, issue uh, disparities such as anxiety, depression, all of that stems from the emotional brain. Mm. So what gets you going and the experience you have as a result is in a nutshell, what the emotional brain does in that limbic system. Mm, Okay. So what does, what happens during, um, in the body during crises? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of things all at once that's, and, and the body responds to that. The body's actually trying to work really, really hard. Um, if you could picture like a train, like a a locomotive where they're starting to pick up pace, So what happens is your body's uh, tense up, your muscles tense up, um, your adrenaline starts pumping, um, your heart might beat faster, your mind might start thinking of of past things that have similar triggers. And so all of that, if not managed, puts you in danger of absolute combustion, right? And explosion. 
which can look like um oh what can it can look it can look like fires right blowing up buildings you know that kind of thing it can look like um screaming and throwing things just out of control behavior and Mm -hmm. a lot of times that out of control behavior when the body is in crisis and even to um from the sense of being overweight, right? When we talk about kind of our gut brain as well, tying into the emotional brain, um, all of those things kind of still happen. Whereas you don't feel heard, whatever your trigger is, the memory is connected to that. So you don't feel heard, um, you don't feel understood, you don't feel like no one's, anyone's valuing what you have to say about whatever is triggering an emotional rise in you. And so you then have the option to kind of um, try to self-heal. And sometimes self-healing is, like I said, throwing things against the wall, that explosion piece, or you can actually implement some things and that mind strengthening, um, like we talked about even at the top of our time together, that um, I don't want to say trick your mind, but reshape how your mind interprets a memory or reshape how your mind interprets the memory of a feeling that is now a trigger because you're having the feeling again to a current experience. Can you expand on what mind training looks like? Yeah, mind training is a, is a, um, it's a, you're forming a new process. That's how I would explain it. You're forming a new process. So with that, you are being present to what your mind, how the train of thought your mind currently has and looking to where you want to be with that mind train of thought and then repositioning it when things arise to think differently and respond differently. So you're almost like retraining the brain's memory for a set emotion. Uh, And that's Mm -hmm. the- Okay, so so let's say we're, we normally react in a certain way and, but we we really try to force ourselves to catch ourselves in that moment to react a different way. And after doing it, I would assume it's just like working a muscle probably eventually becomes easier. Exactly. It's exactly like working a muscle and it becomes easier through experience. So that, and I think that's important to note that that uh, mind training is all experiential, meaning you can think all day about how you want to respond to a certain situation, but until you are in it to apply all the training that you just put in place and all the mental exercise that you just put in place until that's activated, then it, it, you won't see the results. So it's important to give yourself grace while you're mm-hmm. in that place of transformation so you don't beat yourself up and then now you have to deal with another issue um, because you're just not letting yourself or giving yourself permission to transform in your mind, thought, and your pattern. So what makes it difficult to apply mental strengthening in the moment of crises? I love that question because it has to do with your control of being able to calm down. So when you are not able to manage yourself enough to where you can calm down first before you make a decision, that is what causes the difficulty. A lot of times we try, we just respond. We don't even think. We respond right off of reflex. So let's say you're in a situation where um, your sister, I don't know if you have a sister or a brother. I do. I have both. <laughs> so, so you can relate to this. I'm a big sister, right? And one of two. I'm number two in line. So with my sisters, my younger sisters, sometimes there's things that they say that are, I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't get it, or I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I know that one all too well. I hope my sister's listening in London right now. <laughs> Whether the, I don't like it, whatever it is. And so you have an innate response to that type of scenario. Well, if I'm doing mind work, right? If I'm in a place of where I'm trying to do mental strengthening um, and really change my life in that vein, then I have to practice every time she says that thing that makes me mad. I've got to practice that not only before her pre-workout, right? But I've got to practice it during. So when she says those things, I can't flip off at the handle like, what are you talking about? You know, or why would you say that to me? Or girl, bye, shut up, you know, keeping whatever it is. Right? <laughs> you can't do that if you're going to practice something different. The same applies in any situation. I would have to calm myself down so I can almost be like outside of myself looking at myself and then make a choice to, to do some work. So bring myself down, calm myself down, and then I can think about um, what to do next. Trauma therapy, all the trauma therapy models, they teach us that calm is the way to transformation. So you can't make somebody um, do anything different. They have to be in a calm state to even hear what you're saying. They have to be in a calm state. So we can glean from that and say, you know what, if I'm going to look to strengthen my mental health, if I'm going to look to have better control over my emotions and exercise emotional intelligence, then I have to practice calming myself down first and then make a decision. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to want to frolic in the lilies and, you know, start eating gummy bears and gumdrops and holding hands with your neighbors. That's not what that means. It means that you're just at a place where your emotions aren't running over you. That's it. Okay. You know, that sounds just like physical healing. And we talk about this when we're detoxing. If your body has to be in parasympathetic mode, rest and digest, where that's where healing happens. And so it's interesting to hear that on an emotional level as well, that we have to kind of calm the bugs down. It sounds like a, that's what I would say is in a physical detox, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta just, we gotta create calm and inflammation and we have to get rid of those bugs that are screaming at us. Um, but, you know, we also have to make sure that we sleep and we have to make sure that we pray and we have to do these calming things to be able to get ourselves in that state where we're, we're calm if we want to physically get rid of the bad things. Now, even if it sounds like even emotionally, we have to really find that peace to be able to heal of our emotions too. Is. And, that, and it speaks to the point of our body being interconnected. While we have all these moving parts, um, brain and heart and nerves and, and all of those things, and even our gut health, and they all function together. Mm -hmm. So be um, emotionally brain healthy without also being challenged with physical health, right? And vice versa. You're going to find yourself in a position, if you're, if you're dealing with physical health, you're going to find yourself in a position where you're going to need to address some mental health and, and emotional awareness as well. Oh, it so totally goes hand in hand. Yeah, it never is one or the other. I, I believe that they, one affects the other thing. And there's, you know, if you have one thing, it's, it's going to cause something else as well, too. So, for example, if people have parasites, right. they're going to have emotional challenges. But if they have emotional challenges, you know, because they live in a bad family or whatever the situation is, they can also create an environment in our body where the immune system is lowered and we have a dysbiosis in our gut and parasites can grow, et cetera. So 
it's it's important that we look at the whole picture. It's always my message for people as well, too. And isn't it interesting that when you can live in a way like that for so long, you can think it's normal. The same applies mm -hmm. to emotional um, management as well. You can think it's normal to be mad all the time because coffee fixes it, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can find yourself um, thinking that being sad all the time is just who you are. Like you're just melancholy. That's just who you are. When, and and you, what you do to fix it is you have a drink or too many drinks rather. Whatever it is, um, <laughs> overeat or, or whatever it is. And so what happens when you think it's normal is it's hard to understand change and the need for it. It's hard to get to that place where you see it unless you are present with your emotional brain. Right. Well, I think of it like the, the, the you know, there's this analogy. If you put a, a frog in a pot and you start to put the water on it where it's eventually boiling, but if you do it slowly over time, it doesn't realize that it's dying. Um, but if you put it in boiling water already, it just will jump out. So people that are already in their mess, That's you right. know, if they're surrounded by all these bad people doing the same things, having the same attitude, et cetera, eating the same bad foods or whatever it is that their bad habit it's is. With no accountability. And, and exactly. So you don't know. You're that, you're that frog that's in the pot that's cooking and you don't realize that you're, it, you're not supposed to be in that until mm -hmm. you're like close to death probably. And you're like, ah, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and you know, unless, you know, sometimes it takes that miracle person to, to step in and be like, Hey, you know, this is actually what's normal. Yeah, like, this is how your body should function. This is how your, your energy should be. This is how your emotions should be. <laughs> absolutely. And, and what's interesting too, is that, you know, with the emotional brain, it sends us messages. It sends us messages. Like I talked about at the top where some of those, those um, signs, if you will, of stress on your emotional brain is insomnia, is anxiety, you know. So when you start to see those things show up in your life, it can be indication, right? I'm saying that so people are aware. It can be indication that there's something wrong. So even if you don't have the right circle of folks around you, even if your environment is toxic, like you've never known it to be, or you've had, you have no one in your environment because you've just withdrawn and away to yourself, it's important to know that when you really look at what your body is saying to you, you might find that there are triggers already, like they're already tapping you on the shoulder, like, hey, excuse me, I need you to pay us attention. Hey, excuse me, I'm about to break down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. When we feel uncomfortable, there, there's a reason. There it, is. It, you know, God is trying to speak to us in some way or another. And so... I mean, we're not necessarily going to be like, you know, running through lilies, like you said, all the time, like the things like the pandemic happened and then we're quarantined. We don't even, we had no idea this was going to happen. Right. Um, so we have to ebb and flow with life. But at the same time, um, even with that, we still have to figure out how to have peace. Right. So I guess that leads me to the next question. What can a person do when a current crisis triggers a previous crisis or PTSD? That's so that I like that question too. So let me first say this with regard to the triggers. I want to just touch one more little point on that. Um, and that is letting yourself feel, and this ties into, you know, kind of the tra current trauma triggers question that you mentioned, but letting yourself feel when you cut off feelings, you also cut off um, 
the connection of it to your body and to your spirit and to your uh, every, everything about you. You cut that off. So that's why it's so important that you process those feelings and allow them to be present in your life, even when they're negative. Negative feelings are not bad. No feeling is bad unless you let it overtake you. So I wanted to just say that first, that it's important to let yourself feel. That's actually something that I didn't do for a long time. And when I started doing it, it was so weird to feel. I remember, and I digress for just a moment and I'll bring it back. But a friend of mine passed away and I was so sad when she passed. And um, I called my mom to tell her that she had passed. I had did a, a business event with her um, and we were planning to do so many other great events. So she passed away. I called my mother and I was like, wow, you know, I can't believe she's gone, you know, all this, that, and the other. And so um, she actually traveled from Atlanta to Boston with me to go to the event. Like she was super sweet, all in uh, to the vision that I had and was just so supportive and amazing. So I got off the phone with my mom and a tear started coming down my eye, but I was so oblivious to emotion that I touched my face. I was like, oh my gosh, like my face is wet, right? That was my first initial response. My face is wet. Not I'm crying. My face is wet. Oh, like, no. oh, my face is wet. And so I was like, what is this? So I looked, I was like, wow, I'm crying. And so I had to sit in that for a minute and actually grieve my friend and let, mm -hmm. and tell myself it was okay to do that. I didn't have to be, crying didn't make me less of a boss. You know, crying didn't make me less of a woman. Crying didn't make me less of a person at all or weak in any way mm -hmm. it because I recognized it and embraced the emotion and sat in it. I didn't let it overtake me, but I sat in it so that I could process. So when it comes to um, things that trigger other, uh, other crisis kind of events and maybe could potentially uh, set you up for PTSD or, or, compiled PTSD because it's just one thing happening over another. I'll give another example really quick and then I'll digress again. So I had a friend uh, connected to that story. I had another friend who actually passed from cancer. Yeah. And when she passed, we actually did a business event together too. And when she passed, I, I mourned. It wasn't a problem to, because I remembered the other experience of it's okay to let yourself cry. And I remember telling myself that when my friend recently uh, passed away, she said, I said to myself, it's okay to let yourself cry. It's okay to let yourself miss her. It's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Pictures and I smiled and I cried and I, and I, I put myself in a room a little bit, you know, and just remembering her. I needed, I needed that. I needed yeah. that. When we talk about that mind transformation, right? When we talk about, you can do all the work you want, but it's not until it comes up again that you find whether or not you really have shifted a mindset so yeah um what you want to do is uh, find calm of course and give yourself permission right to do so for however long that takes for me it took me a couple days the second time the first time i was still working through some things so i thought my face was wet and then it took me a while to actually really get through you know the fact that she was gone then the second time it happened where i lost a friend i fully gave myself permission and I found calm in releasing the emotion in a safe space. So yeah. find calm, give yourself permission to find that calm, how, whatever that means for you and however long that takes um, and talk to someone. Um, see in what ways you can release, um, see, see in what ways 
uh, what options you have to actually let that stress, because it will turn into stress if you don't let it out, out of you. See what ways mm -hmm. you have those ways through talking to someone. If you, and if you can't find the calm to yourself, and sometimes you need to do both. You need to find the calm, give yourself permission, you know, for however long it takes and talk to someone. Sometimes mm -hmm. both of those things and it's okay. It doesn't make you crazy. Mm -hmm. It makes you need of support and we all need each other. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, certain cultures too, I think do this more than others where we make it seem like you got to be so macho. And I mean, I think more so certain cultures with the men and, and then it creates this false idea that you're, you're weak if you cry. Right. But I will tell you this, as you're telling me the stories, I'm just thinking about like my own journey as well too. And I was actually just interviewed on my friend's podcast, um, detox diaries. And she, you know, I was thinking about it at first because I was never diagnosed with cancer. And yeah, I, I had some issues. Like my energy was really bad. I had tons of gallstones and parasites and things like that I had to pass. Had I gone to a doctor and got a diagnosis, it probably would have had something. Um, but, you know, I just didn't think that was going to do me any good. So I just took my life in my own hands. But what I realized, I was like, because I, I, I didn't think I had the biggest detox journey when she asked me to come on the show. And then when I started really digging into it, thinking about, well, what am I going to talk about? I realized, oh my God, you know, there's, there's, yeah, there's all that aspect of it. But a huge part of my detox journey was this part that we're talking about. Like my dad died of cancer when he was uh, 38. I was nine years old and my, it left my mom widowed with three children. And, you know, I, we, I remember growing up and we never talked about it. Um, I think my mom kind of just, even to this day, like lives as if he's almost here still. Like, I don't, I don't know where exactly she's at with her, her process with that, but we didn't sit as a family and cry and mourn. And, you know, so I grew up from nine years old to, you know, my, in my mid twenties where I, you know, I was living in this nightlife and working, serving cocktails and realizing, okay, this is not my life. And once I had this revelation that things needed to change and I let go of everything, I went on this journey and I didn't realize it was a, a healing journey. And mm -hmm. I can't tell you for, I don't know, it felt like a couple of years I was crying. <laughs> I mean, it was just like so much emotion just came out of me when I was seeking God and I was trying to find purpose in life and figure out who I was. I mean, it's hard to really do anything big in life if we don't really know who we are, right? But if we don't heal from these roots, these emotional wounds and these, um, these traumas, how do we think that we're going to like, just, you know, I think of it like a, uh, what are those, like a slingshot. It's like, you know, how are we going to fly eventually if we're, if we're held back by mm -hmm. one of those wounds. And that, that was a detox in, my, in and of itself for me is mm -hmm. getting back and realizing this is a root of an issue for myself that if I don't heal that I'm not going to have stable relationships. Right. any of them, <laughs> whether it's my mom or a future husband or whatever, business relationships, you know, so we have to heal from these roots if we really want to do something big in life, um, let alone be at peace or even healthy. Mm -hmm. So true. So, so true. And, um, and, and I commend you on your journey. I commend you because it's not an easy step to take. And I say that because I've done it myself. And I've also helped other women do the same. It's not, no part of it is easy. No part of it is pretty. 
<laughs> it's not pretty when you cry for almost a couple years let go stuff you are not cute <laughs> yeah you know and i i will tell you my i was like i had bags under my eyes i was like i feel like i i aged during that time almost and but you know luckily with everything that we do here with the wellness trinity and detox and drinking tons of green juice and all that i mean we can really just have our skin bounce back <laughs> deal with those adrenal glands and kidneys and it's so, yeah so it's so I love that you said that and, and was transparent in that way. And I say that jokingly that it's not pretty because I don't want anyone to think when they see us today and we're glammed out and beautiful and all of that, that it we started like this. Like this is not how it started. This is this is how it finished, but this is not how it started. And it's okay to start wherever you are. It's okay to unmask emotionally from wherever you are and start healing those wounds so you're not tied down by stones that are just you know t holding you back from where you want to go with stones that like if you imagine like that slingshot what happens when the stone doesn't let you go you're still here no matter how far you try to go above you're gonna always snap back into mm -hmm. this and that snap back into that sometimes is it hurts whether yeah. it's because you made a poor choice in a relationship because you were looking for something that the person never could give you. And that's a friendship. That's a romantic relationship. That's a business relationship. When you want something so bad and you go so far outside of yourself, right? Because you don't even know what's out there or how, what your limits are, none of that. When you snap back, that hurts. Mm -hmm. And then it feels like you're starting all over again. And you are, but it's okay. No matter how many times you have to stop, start, get back up, lay back down, <laughs> whatever it is you have to do, you want to give yourself permission to do that because that helps your emotional brain. Yeah, I feel like the big message here is is about grieving. And crying is is where the healing can begin in those emotions. And it, it's okay to cry. I know you mentioned that a few times, and I just want to reiterate that it's it's very important i don't think i've ever really talked about grieving and crying on on any of my podcasts here so i'm glad that you're you're really touching on this point because i can't imagine how many people that are going to listen to this and, oh. and realize that there's something they need to let go there's something they just need to just release and you know they've been trying to put up this face like everything is okay i'm going through my life and and it's it's not you know and it's okay to grieve. You're not weak. We all need to grieve sometimes. And I can't tell you how many times where I literally was going through my period of, um, of healing emotionally, where I actually like, I would just ball and ball. And I mean, I had, I had just so much tissue that was, I mean, literally, like you said, a mess. And, um, but it, and sometimes I don't even know if I, I knew exactly why, but afterwards I felt relieved. I love that you said that because I think that you can grieve from all kinds of things. I think death is not the only thing that we can grieve from. I think sometimes the, any loss, right? I remember when I went from my transition from um, corporate to entrepreneurship was because I got laid off. I was at my job for over 10 years. I was in the world of banking and consulting, government, all that for over 15 years. And then it was cut off. I didn't know who I was. I knew who I was up to that point. I didn't know who I was without all of that, without not being able to dye my hair because that's not what uh, black professionals do, you know, without being able to, or having to wear certain colors even because 
that's what professionals do in the world that I was in. You, you don't know who you are. So I had to sit back and thankfully I got a great severance package. <laughs> <laughs> so you can reflect. <laughs> but I had to sit back and grieve the loss of my career. Mm. Not just my, it wasn't just a job. I loved what I did. And in the, every, my whole department shut down. So it wasn't just me that, um, that got laid off. We were, we came collectively together, did such a great job. There was no more work for us to do. <laughs> so, and, but it was no like, and now we're going to put you over here. It was just like, that's it. Thanks for everything. And bye-bye. That's a lot. You can grieve yeah. the loss of a career. You can grieve from the loss of a relationship or even a bad choice. I had to do that as well with regard to people. I had a lot of people in my space that I had expectations for. Um, but not knowing, I didn't tell them the expectations, first of all. And then second to that, um, they weren't appropriate for the relationship I was in. Mm -hmm. So I'll say expecting a friend, let's say in a dialogue to know me and how I would respond. So then in turn, they respond the way that I felt they should know me was missed because I put that on them without get, letting them get to know me. I did, and then it messed up the relationship. And so while we're, you know, you can be cordial to keep it going, there's still a loss because a piece of your heart was into that. Even if you were wrong, mm -hmm. you have to that bad choice. Like, dang, I messed up right there. I should have said, did whatever. And yeah. we need to grieve, I think, on a level and not look at grief as just related to death. Again, we can start to heal some of those places in the emotional brain and have and manage it. I don't want to say have control over like mind control, but <laughs> manage it. We can manage it to where it's not overtaking us. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Now, you know, when you were going through your, your healing process with your emotional brain, did you find that your physical body was also reacting as well? Like, did you feel sick at all? Um, I'm not sure that I felt sick. So I was an emotional eater. So I ate more. I ate more, uh, even when I wasn't hungry. And then that becomes a habit. Um, I also uh, went to the other extreme where I didn't eat at all. Uh, because sometimes the emotion was just so heavy. I, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to see people. I didn't want to, I didn't want to connect. I completely withdrew. Mm -hmm. yeah, in front of you know I, I made face I made face because that was the other part of um, when you have a dark child secret childhood secret one of the things that you do is make sure that nobody knows and one of the ways you make sure nobody knows is you keep face you, because if you keep face then no one will ask you what's wrong and then you don't have to tell anybody anything you don't have to talk about it you don't have to deal with it and so over time, that gets shoved under, shoved under more bad choices, more poor eating habits, more um, where you turn into an overachiever because you're really trying to fix. When we talked about that self-healing in the beginning, when you're trying to fix, you're trying to self-heal on your own, you resort to all these different things. So it's not always drugs and alcohol. Sometimes it's too much work. Sometimes it's too many you just want to be around people. Wow. Wow. Wait a second. This is too much work. <laughs> So every time I talk to you, I'm like, 
amazed. I just, I feel your, your, just your business presence. I'm like, you're just so, you're just a strong woman. I, I feel that from you. And I'm like, this lady has things, her ducks in a row. I mean, she's a good businesswoman. I just, you resonate that, you know? So for you to say something like that, like sometimes we have are become an overachiever because of these wounds as well. I don't think that any, I should say not anyone, but I don't think that uh, that's probably on a lot of people's radar that that's even something right. that could be, you know, we're hiding ourselves in our work. And I'm almost wondering, I'm going to take a step back after this and be like, do I do that too? <laughs> right. And I think that's important to do. I know even today, because that's something that I have done, I have to be very careful about how I manage my work ethic now. Um, I have to very, be very careful to set limits on how much I put out because as you can see I love this stuff I I actually enjoy it but but I have to make sure that I'm not trying to fix a piece of me but I stay in the vein of because that's kind of egotistical you know so I want to make sure that I'm staying in the vein of service not to fix me even service connected to fixing a piece of me not that I don't want to give from that place that's that's ego driven I don't want that I want to give from the full place of I am helping you. And that's it. Mm, that's beautiful. Like no strings attached, not expecting anything back. That, 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 that takes a lot of healing. There might, there might be an invoice attached. <laughs> well, you know, when we're doing business, that's what it is. I mean, the thing is, I don't want anything else. You know, I, I, I want to make sure to preserve that space of help. And whenever I come out of that, that means it's time for me to step away because I'm trying to fix something in me and I need to check that. Maybe I need to spend more time with myself. Maybe that's indication like you trying to spend time with all these people, but maybe you need to actually sit down and spend time with you. That's what you're really needing. Not all these other people and these outside things, or maybe you need to spend time with your husband or your children, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, instead of looking to, to fill that space with all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. So let's touch on um, in what ways can you release stress when you feel like you have to be strong for your family or someone that is watching? Yeah. You know, I, this is good because I think it is um, on the, you know, foundational stone, if you will, of being honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. If you're angry, you got to say that um, and not try to be where you're not. So even in the face of being strong for those who are watching, that is strength. You almost have to like be honest to redefine it, right? Check yourself when you feel like, you know what? I'm trying to be strong, but I'm mad. It, there is strength in just being able to say I'm mad. And what you do is help your children or your people who are interacting with you, your clients even, to understand it's okay to express emotion because here's another thing too, and I'll get into this couple other uh, points. A lot of times people think negative emotion is bad, but when they think negative emotion is bad, they think it needs to be shut down. And so it makes up them uncomfortable when it's brought to their door. So let's say you and I were in a disagreement, but I have issues with negative emotion. And you're just trying to get with me to say, hey, you know what? Um, I really didn't like that you were, were doing X, Y, Z, or that you said ABC. And you're looking to resolve it, but because a negative emotion makes me feel uncomfortable because I was brought up and told and trained to believe the fabric of my thought life says that that's wrong, I'll shut you off. Mm. And so 
when we're not, when we when we practice being honest with ourselves, then we can say, I'm really upset right now. It doesn't mean I want to cut you off. It doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. It just means you hurt my feelings or I'm bothered or, you know, I'm looking for resolution. So if you can be honest with yourself, that's one way to release what you feel because you're giving it a voice. You're saying, all right, right. and this is what it is and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's an important part. One, we have to realize that there is something going on. You know, if we're uncomfortable, there's a reason. Um, And then it's not like we we don't want to stay in that state. So that's why it's important to release it. That's why it's important to cry if we need to cry or scream or rant or whatever. You know what? My husband is into boxing. He almost became a professional boxer and um he ended up losing his vision at some point and i'm not really sure where the stopping of boxing happened and that um you know and all that but anyways i i I actually watched boxing with him and in mma and all that and i you would never know looking at me and what i do i but i would have never imagined that i would be watching this stuff i was actually concerned when i met him like is this okay like people are beating each other up (laughs) i was really that far removed to just to be honest and so um now i forgot why i mentioned the boxing (laughs) there was a purpose (laughs) what were you mentioning look we were talking about (laughs) we were talking about being honest with yourself if you're sad you say you're sad oh yeah he was talking about how how boxing is like people need that for their expression and i'm like i i'm a dancer like i i think of that as expression you know that's that's how I express myself. I move, like I hear music and whatever. And so I, when he said that, I thought about like, even that could be a form of expression. Like, you you know, if you have anger, you gotta, you gotta let it out somehow. And so, you know, for them, that's, that's a healthier way, obviously than picking fights in the street. So (laughs) definitely. And I love that because that was actually my second point. Um, Another way you can release is let it out. Sometimes it's exercise, sometimes it's journaling, sometimes it's singing, dancing. I'm a dancer too. Um, sometimes it's talking with a friend. Um, whatever it is, you have to let it out. It's not healthy, as you know, for it to stay inside of you because it will fester and turn into all kinds of other ailments physically. Because we're not designed to hold stuff in. We're designed to release, right? I mean, you talk about, um, how can I say it? Uh, toxic release. You talk about toxic release in a lot of what you do. Um, But that's the point. Our bodies are designed to do that. That's why when we're happy, we laugh. That's a release. That's why when we're sad, we cry. That's a release. So in the same way with all other emotions, we have to let it out. Because if it stays inside, it's going to turn toxic because we're not designed for it to do that. And then it turns into other, all kinds of other things. And then lastly, I want to say the, uh, the, another way is to know your limits of when you need help and you need to take action towards that help route. Um, know that you've crossed the limits of, you know what, I am way too far beyond controlling myself right now. I can't do it. And so I'm, which again, goes back to point number one, be honest. So I'm going to call my therapist. I'm going to call my pastor. I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to call my older sister or younger sister or whatever, because I need someone to bring me back and help me to bring me to the place of needing that extra sense of help. When I was going through all, all, all of my stuff, I had therapy. I had, um, I had mentors, <laughs> mentors. Cause I was <laughs> so you, you got to know that you need those things 
and not be ashamed of that and not be afraid to say, hey, you know what? I'm having a moment and this is what I need and it's okay. It's okay because that's how you manage you by being able to say, I, this is, I reached my limit. I can't do this no more by myself. This spot right here, my brain is about to, is about to lose it <laughs> if I yeah. in my own strength. So um, knowing your limits, I think is another, another that's important. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you had mentioned that we all need each other and it's, it's so, it's big. I mean, I think it's so important to have really strong people around you that you're on the same wavelength and you're going to better places. And there's going to be people that are, are further along the journey than you that can also help kind of bring you to, to that, that place as well. And sometimes we need those people that we can just reach out to where, you know, they might be strong one day and then you're weak one day. And then the opposite might happen. You might be strong one day and then they might be weak one day. But it's incredible how talking, this, talking things out with people can actually bring peace and comfort. And, and part of it is, well, I think we're, we're designed to be with people. So <laughs> that's part of it. Um, but even just talking through the process, of, talking it out of what you're thinking, sometimes we come to these own revelations ourselves. It's not even that they necessarily counsel us. I mean, there's that too that could happen, but it, it's just incredible when we have good people around us, how, how we can get out of that mess uh, that much even faster sometimes. That's accountability. That's what accountability does. And like yeah. you said, we're, I believe very strongly, if we were meant to be here by ourselves, they'd just be us. They'd just be me. They'd just be you. And that's not the case because there's a whole bunch of us here. So we need each other. And I say that to my girlfriends all the time, you know, when I help them with something and they say, thank you. I say, oh, no, 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 no thanks required because my turn is coming. This is just not my issue. So when it's my turn for my issue, I'm coming for you. I'm going to need you the same way that you needed me. And yeah. That's mm -hmm. Yeah. So if someone is finding themselves struggle with mental health, does that mean they're crazy? I would say absolutely not. Absolutely not. It just means, like you said, you're struggling and you need to know your limits. Because if you're, if you're past that threshold where you're unable to do it on your own, get help. I can't even stress that enough. Get help. Your life depends on it. The functioning of your brain, your full brain depends on it. The functioning of your full body depends on it and your nervous system and everything is all in cohesion with one another. So no, you are not crazy. You're not crazy. You just need help. Yeah. And you know, frankly, we're just, you're just a human. <laughs> this happens to all of us. So mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. And I think that's, that's a, um, the main point. And it's something that it's just, it's another route. We always talk about the mind, body, spirit. It's another route that we need to address for to have full restoration and health in our body and our, and our whole life, really our body, our mind, our spirit. And so, and just remember like, you know, coming from the holistic uh, doctor side of it, our emotions affect our physical body. So we have to get out of that sympathetic state so that we can be in that parasympathetic rest and digest and, and not and be able to heal. There's a balance between the two, but we we can't just stay stuck in that flight or flight mode all the time. And when we have these these emotions that are not healed, that keeps us there. And in, in one way, you know, there's obviously all these other things that we have to look at, but that's one thing that that keeps us there. So there's strength when we heal that. There's so just just remember that it's not weak. It's it's so that you can be actually stronger. Right. 
Amen, Dr. Jacqueline. <laughs> so, Yolanda, I always enjoy talking to you um, and, you know, just diving deep on, on topics like this. Where can the listeners find you if they want to learn more about you and your programs? Yes, yes, yes. So you can find me right on Facebook. Um, I have a page there, Yolanda Lewis. And from there, you'll learn about the, our Facebook group for mental health. You'll learn about all the programs, where my website, how you can get connected, all the good stuff. So one-stop shop, just go to the Facebook group. I am Yolanda Lewis, and I will see you on the other side. Oh, I like that. I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. All right. So do you have any last words for the listeners today? Uh, no. I, you know, I had a great, great time chatting with you. Um, I would just say, um, I would just say, just be honest with yourself. If I could say anything else, be honest with yourself. After the discussion we've had today, go back in your, to your life and look and reflect, take some time for you and really think about where are you and what you need and know that it's okay. Mm, perfect. That's a great way to sum that up. Well, thank you listeners for watching. Thank you, Yolanda Lewis, for being on the show. And I'm sure we'll have more chats in the future. And I'm Dr. Jacqueline. I'm here so you know. My super immunity boost juice guide is now available on thewellnesstrinity.com. You'll learn how to grow broccoli microgreens, the ingredients I put in my green juice, and super nutritious supplements you can add to enhance your immune system. Again, go to thewellnesstrain.com and you'll receive your free Super Immunity Boost Juice Guide. Thank you for listening to the Wellness Trinity Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more wellness tips to help you achieve optimal health. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.